0: Hi, Meredith. Hey, Bobby. Thanks for joining me here as we welcome everyone aboard the only podcast this week not sponsored by Sherry's Berries. Meredith, as you know, all of us in the LRB universe are either getting ready for seeing or avoiding our moms this weekend. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we have not had much time to think about recording a new episode for this Friday edition of Little Red Bandwagon. But we do know that we have a great episode in the LRB archives from one year ago, on tbtl's episode why it matters mom's edition this is an episode from tbtl history when luke jen and sean each have their moms on to answer a series of questions about their relationships with their mothers and their embarrassing and hilarious childhoods meredith what was your favorite part um
1: definitely sean's mom uh that they're so able to talk about his his uh youthful indiscretions Uh, That's really (laughs) impressive to me because there's so much that I did when I was a teenager that I absolutely am not willing to rehash with my mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. I was thinking about this going back and listening. This original episode of LRB is hosted uh, by me, Mike, and Phyllis Fletcher, and Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about our moms, too, and uh, not only um, can I not imagine having my mom on LRB to talk about my childhood... (laughs) I'm really just hoping she doesn't know that we've done this episode or that we're re-airing it. So uh, everybody, please keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and this is not like when Luke says, keep your mouth shut, and then you all go tweet and rat him out. My mom's not on Twitter,
2: so I'm <laughs> safe.
0: A quick note about this episode. Before the actual episode starts, um, you'll know that this was an episode edited by Jeremy last year. Uh, Because he recorded a little intro with him and Ellie in a rare opportunity to use a microphone on our show without Mike Frizzell interfering.
2: It was adorable.
0: Yeah. So it's going to start with Jeremy and Ellie uh, one year ago. And then we'll jump into our episode, followed by the clip back to TBTL's episode on Why Moms Matter. This, what you're hearing right now, is an intro to an intro to an intro to an episode (laughs) of TBTL. Enjoy. Hey
3: everybody, it's Jeremy. I am one of the producers for Little Red Bandwagon. They won't give me a microphone, but they can't stop me from doing this, mainly because I have the passwords to where we host the audio files. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to sneak in this little thing before the show. So Ellie, one of the things that I was thinking about is, you you know how it's Mother's Day? I was thinking that we could record a fun little message for Christy to put in one of her podcasts as a surprise. What do you think about that?
4: Wait, it's, it's Mother's Day today?
3: Uh, this weekend on Sunday, yeah. Okay. What do you think we should record for? I know
4: what. Can I have it? I know
3: why. Okay, here you go. Gotta just talk right into it. Oh. Let me, let me see and make sure it's still recording. I know
4: it is still. Um, hi Christy, I love you and I... Happy Mother's Day. I hope you have a good day. Bye.
3: So can you answer a couple questions for me about Christy? Mm -hmm. What is your favorite thing to do with Christy?
4: Um, Watch movies.
3: Watch movies. What kind of movies have you guys watched together?
4: Harry Potter.
3: What do you think Christy's favorite food is? Bananas. Bananas? (laughs) What is, um, what do you think Christy's favorite podcast is?
4: Little Red white Riding Hood.
3: Little Red Riding Hood? Yeah. Do you mean the Little Red Bandwagon? Yeah. <laughs> Not Nerd Out Loud?
4: That's her favorite podcast?
3: No, I don't know. Which Nerd one do you think? Or t- Too Beautiful to Live? <sighs> TBTO. Um T-B-T-O. If you could sing a song for Christy, what song would it be?
4: we we'll be rock fly far away. i dream of a place, laughing about your face. Say, work up, you need to make money.
3: How did you feel about realizing that we were getting married and Christy was going to be one of your moms?
4: Happy, very happy, mm-hmm. infinity, and beyond happy.
3: Sorry. <laughs> um, what would you want to say to Christy today on Mother's Day?
4: Happy Mother's Day, Christy. I love you forever. And ever, forever, and ever.
3: That was beautiful. Thank you. So, there you go. Happy Mother's Day, Christy. You're amazing. I'm so glad you're in my life and my daughter's life. And happy Mother's Day to everybody else. Enjoy the show.
5: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live. On Mondays, we give you a recap of the previous week's shows, and usually on Fridays, we bring on a fan of the show, or known as TENS, to tell about their experiences with the show as well as play one of their favorite segments from the show's history. But as a special treat, every month this year, we are bringing friend of the show, Phyllis Fletcher, Phyllis Fletcher back to share her favorites as she keeps plugging away at listening to every episode of TBTL. My name is Mike Frizzell, and I currently rent a house in Austin for $20 a day (laughs) until I move into a new home in Kyle, Texas, the Cheddar Bay City, next Friday. And joining me from Seattle, Washington, is the aforementioned Phyllis Fletcher. Hello, Pete.
6: Hey, guys. How are (laughs) you?
5: Doing well. Also helping out today, all the way from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, home of the Paw Socks, is Bobby Pay. Hola and guten tag, Bobby.
0: Hello, Mike, and thank you. In fact, before we get going, uh, we have a sponsor for this week, and I want to go ahead and get it out of the way at the top of the show. Go for it. So, hello, listener. Just the other day, we were talking to your mom, and we have to say she's been pretty depressed since that whole thing with your dads. Lucky for her, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and we know just the thing to get her fired up, Gary's Berries. Oh, no. For years now, your mom has been stealing glances from behind her glass of cardboard while sitting with her girlfriends at Lucky Lanes on league night. Isn't it time you did her a solid and surprised her with a long-overdue treat? For listeners of Little Red Bandwagon, we've got a special offer. Every order of Gary's Berries will come complete with an embroidered uniform shirt, a sparsely appointed studio apartment, and a 1983 El Camino that just passed inspection thanks to Gary's buddy Ron down at the pick and pull. Don't wait to give your mom that thrill she's been missing since the cable company cut off her free Cinemax. Order now at Gary'sBerrys.com and use the offer code LRB to get 50% off your purchase. And as always, from Gary's Berries, you can get double the drizzle for just another $10. <laughs> oh, no. Order now.
5: No, don't. Don't get double the drizzle. Single drizzle should be plenty. Yeah, I've had Gary's Berries. They're they're pretty good. Is that a Prison Story? They're surprisingly salty. <laughs> All right. So uh, our guest uh, is Phyllis Letcher, of course. Uh, we're going to talk to her for a moment about where she is in her catching up on TVTL. Uh, we're going to play her May clip from TBTL History, which is a Mother's Day show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our moms and how they would have reacted to the same questions in the in the quiz that's in the clip. I will tell you how to get involved. and Of course, there's some housekeeping as well. Um, Phyllis, while I have you here, yeah, uh, you let's, let's set the table on on your listening to TVTL again. You got into the show, uh, about a year or two ago,
6: November, 2014.
5: Okay. November, 2014. And you decided to go back and your method was to go back to the beginning of the previous year, listen to all the shows, then go back to the beginning of the previous year to that and listen to all the shows. Am I correct?
6: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
5: And so now you've completed all of the years except the original year, the 2008 radio year.
6: I decided um, to actually go back on my, on my previous go back instead of going back to January 09. I only went back to the first podcast day in 09. So now I'm working my way through all the radio shows, abandoning my previous um, method. Oh, okay.
5: So now you're <laughs> going from the beginning of the radio show until um, the end of 2009. Until
6: that's... the end of the radio show in September Until the end of the radio show in
5: September. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. All right. That makes sense.
6: So I've um, now listened to all the podcast only episodes and I'm working my way through the radio year and nine months, nine and a half months. And where are you with that? I am
5: conveniently
6: in May 2008. <laughs> that's That's
5: what... Where we're getting this clip from. You know, um, in our chat, uh, maybe it was about a week ago now, you were listening to something about the book club and you're asking me questions about yes. About uh, how I met Emily and all I, that.
6: First of all, I propose that that be um, – A focus of our next episode together. So in June, I want to discuss uh, June 2008 and your special time when you met Emily. But the thing that surprised me most and why I asked about that is I was like, damn, brother, you jumped on that quick. Because I didn't realize that you met Emily in the first six months of TBTL. Oh, yeah. And I heard her name on the radio show before I heard Drew and Redmond. Yeah. Yeah, and she was a very early adopter as well, which is very impressive. so I was hearing her her quips and her unique sense of humor and and her um roasting of Luke mm-hmm. occasionally and I was like, "No wonder you got sprung because I know it was very um very involved in the um, online community that they were building also is how you primarily interacted I think but mm-hmm. I want to, as you would say, keep my powder dry <laughs> sure. and get deep this is uh this is some promotion right for our next episode." So sure, yes, yeah, The forward so, promo, sure. Exactly. So um, as Gary Delabate might say, we're pre-promoting. So I'm pre-promoting that we are going to get into
0: this in a month.
5: Absolutely. Tune I mean, in but- next
0: month to find out well, if that fest was acid-washed or just stone-washed.
5: <laughs> what really brought Emily and I together was we both love to make fun of Luke. So it was... <laughs> Was made, we were made for each other.
6: Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think that's great. Yeah. So, but I was, when I realized, when I started putting it together and I was listening to um, my, you know, May 2008 um, episodes and when Jen started saying, so we're going to have the book book club next month at Verve Wine Bar in Columbia City, I started going, wait a minute. That's already happening. That is already happening. I was really surprised and really impressed that you guys met so early. In the in the um, in the lifetime of the show, so yeah, good I work job, fast. good job getting on that, Mike. <laughs> Thanks.
5: So uh, I have a general question about um, your listening to the archives the way you're listening to them. Uh, now that you're back listening to the radio days, which do you prefer, the podcast, the radio show, or are there different things that you like or don't like?
6: Oh gosh, I mean, I love both of them. They are it's it's neat because listening to the radio time you really hear how different they were. I mean, in radio, you're so restricted, especially commercial radio, not only Mm -hmm. the kinds of things you can talk about, um, but for how long, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that they dance around that they can more directly say on the podcast now. Um, And they also, um, you know, they have to hit hard posts with the news and things like that. And so everything is paced Mm -hmm. much more quickly. And, there's not a lot of um room for i think at the time they felt like they were digressing and going on tangents and stuff a lot but really not like today at all and so i think that um while i i really like the structure and pacing and things like that of the radio show there's so much that doesn't happen um that you only hear to start ha- hear starting to happen um in the in the podcast era
5: well um and also just Physically listening to the, you know trying to listen to the show through the archives is much easier with the podcast than it is with the radio show. Mm-hmm. I
6: mean, yeah,
5: you have to go click on each hour, and then you know there is even though they've cut out all the commercials, still you know with commercial radio there's still intros and outros, and you feel like there's there's some fluff even in the only like 34 minutes of actual programming per hour. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. still a little fat there.
6: Um, something I really do love about listening to these is the presence of the third person, Sean. So funny. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's so great because it's like, they, I mean, from what I understand, they really lucked into having Sean as their engineer. And mm-hmm. so you can feel that there's, you know, it's a program that there's, it's the whole brainchild of Luke and Jen, but then there's this little sidebuster guy who just, for whatever reason happens to be perfect for it. And I love I love that aspect of it too. I love the third, the presence of the third person
5: being a radio pro. Um, how do you feel about his squeaky mic?
6: <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's the kind of thing that, um, that, I mean, I love anything that irritates the host. Um, I love, and, and I love that they can talk about it on the air. Cause I can tell you what happens in public radio. Anything that irritates the host It's just, it becomes a subject of meetings. It becomes a subject of tantrums when the mics are off. Mm -hmm. And for that stuff to be on the air, I think it's funny. And it's also funny because I think there were certain things also that he could hear that that the average listener actually can't. And so Mm -hmm. when, you know, this happens on the Howard Stern show too, where he's like, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so just bounded into the studio and, you know, he can hear their door door opening and closing, a lot of that stuff we can't actually hear. But even when we can, it just makes it fun that the host is referring to it and going, this is annoying, you know, or like my sound effects didn't work again or whatever (laughs) it is. It's just funny. So I like it. (laughs)
5: <laughs> well, I, I really try to keep a lid on my emotions and what's really bothering me when yeah. I'm hosting the show. But if I hear Meredith's goddamn cat one more time. <laughs>
6: Steven!
5: I love hearing
6: Steven. <laughs> he's so
5: cute. He's, he doesn't offer anything, but he has, he has one story.
6: <laughs> I
0: love that story. I'm pretty sure I promised Steven an associate producer credit a couple of sure. weeks ago. We're going to work on that.
5: so um bobby can you uh set up this clip and then uh we will listen and talk about it
0: absolutely so phyllis uh when you pulled this for us you cut it down a little bit and we're we're going to listen to just a core part of this we're going back to may 9th 2008 it's the second hour of a TBTL from the radio days and uh it's a pre-mother's day celebration it's the friday before mother's day and uh Luke, Jen, and Sean are doing a special Why It Matters Moms edition, and to celebrate their moms, they interviewed each of their moms on the show, asking them the same six questions, uh, which brings up some nice comparisons and uh, contrasting details about their childhoods uh, from their moms. Also, quite a wide variety of personalities from the moms, which was a lot of fun, (laughs) although all of them brought their quirks. I will definitely say that. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure there's much more to say than that, other than uh, that we'll talk about it when we come back on the other side. Um, just fascinating that they got all three of them to come on and talk pretty candidly about their children who are now all grown up and working on radio. Mm-hmm. So let's take a listen.
7: <laughs> in, Mom. Hey, I'm Liz Dottori, and I live in Sammamish, Washington.
8: All right, Shawnee, go for it. Hi, Mom.
7: Hi, Sean.
9: Okay, so first question is, uh, were you terrified when you found out that you were pregnant with me?
7: No, as I planned it. And we, you know, I wasn't terrified. I was nervous, you know, since it's the first time of being pregnant and having a kid. But no, I wasn't terrified. Okay, good one. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> you you were born you into me. a into a calm family. That's into a very good.
9: calm family. That <laughs> yeah. makes I think one out of three. <laughs> and Jen, you would be happy to know that uh, my folks were at Star Wars when uh, when you were what like almost about to pop.
7: Oh yeah, uh, yep. I went to see the Star Wars movie, and I had to bring my bed pillow with me But the- I think it was I think it was only a few weeks before you would do. Well, you were late anyway. This is why Sean is good people. And that's why
8: Sean looks like an Ewok. (laughs)
7: Especially when he has that hair. Oh, the hair. All right, let's
9: move on. (laughs) Um, So was I an easy baby to deal with in general?
7: Oh, yeah, you were. You slept a lot, and you still do, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you slept. You were good, yeah. I was one of the lucky ones. You were easy. Did he have all this hair? Uh, He had a lot of hair when he was born, yeah. And it was curly. Oh, is that? Do you have that same kind of hair, Liz? I my hair is completely straight, but I have the same coloring.
8: Uh, does his dad have that kind of hair?
7: No, his dad's um black or dark brown. Really?
8: Wow, mysterious! Sean <laughs> would have that hair
1: somewhere back in the DNA code somewhere. Yeah,
9: yeah,
8: we need to get checked on that.
9: <laughs> <laughs> um, so based on my childhood behavior. Oh yeah. Uh,
7: (laughs) Let's not ask about the adulthood behavior.
9: (laughs) (laughs) What did you think I was going to um, become? Oh. Like?
7: Uh, Your childhood? You never really said when you were really young, but when you were in um, junior high, you've changed your mind so many times. Went from being a DJ, a chef, and um, I think those were the things, a DJ, a chef, and then you did want to be an actor, which you tried out for a while.
8: Well, I I don't want to... But in here, Liz, but he is a DJ on our show and well, cooks and, and, and he cooks things and well, he now acts he during the T B T L players. That's yeah, kind of that's amazing. Right. He like actually that. went three for three.
7: Yeah, he did. He wound up doing that, but the Chef was one of them. Yeah, and he is. He's on that show once in a while that Tom Tom Douglas is it? Yeah.
8: He's yeah. also on T B T L
7: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's right. He has an entire
1: segment named for him. It's
8: called Cooking with Sean Tory.
1: <laughs> yeah,
7: that's true. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's actually making a lot of things that I've... I mean, I do try different things, but he's really out there trying different things. True. Yeah. Okay.
9: Um, so what was the hardest part about raising me?
7: The hardest part, huh? When you became a teenager and got into a few little myths there. Oh, yeah? I got into some niffs? myths or whatever you want to call them, little, little offside, you know, your little. What's one that stands out in your mind? Oh, the one about buying cigarettes <laughs> when oh. you weren't supposed to. What happened? What happened? Um, let's see. The police called us and told us you're trying to buy them at the Seven Eleven down there by the Redmond <laughs> Transit Station. Right. And then you then you had to go to some special class and your father was real upset. <laughs> and he was more upset that he had to pay all that money and it didn't do anything anyway i mean it it the lord well they wanted your money so i mean but that was one of the things <laughs>
1: did know? that class scare you straight sean
7: no no obviously <laughs> not i even
1: asked
9: the cop you're not going to call my folks right no no but they did
8: how old were you shawnee when you're trying to buy <clears throat> Like six? in high
9: school like 17
8: yeah oh so you were like so a, a year under the limit and they actually called the cops on you yeah the person at the
9: 7-Eleven counter right. said, "Oh, can I see your ID?" And I was right. like, "Stupid, yeah, here, take it." And they didn't <laughs> give it back. Called the cops.
7: Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep, that was. And then one time when he ran out of the house, when we knew he, we were getting a letter from the school about something he was failing or cut a class and. He took the letter and tore off. Remember, and your father—we chased you in the car all through the neighborhood.
9: <laughs> yeah, I remember. And I was gone like all night, and called you from a payphone later in the
8: yeah. evening. Yeah,
1: you outran them, and they were in a car.
9: I was um, in a car. He oh, was you, in you were in a car.
8: Wait, 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 Sean. So y- you, you, got some bad news in the letter form, and then your your plan was to just take the letter and get out of the Detory house.
9: Yeah, like I think <clears> what you guys read it. Or
7: no, you, we knew that you, you got to the mail before us or something, and we knew it was something you didn't want to show us, and then you took off, because we told you we wanted to see the letter, and you just took off in the car, and we took off in our car, and <laughs> just kept chasing you, and we were really you-know-what at you. Yode. <laughs> yeah. Niffed. Yep, that's it. <laughs> but you never caught me, I guess. No, I don't remember if we did, and I, you know, years. it's been a long time now, gosh, can't remember everything. You know, my mind's getting a little old.
9: Okay, so what was the highlight of our parent-child relationship? What's one of your best memories of uh, just you and me?
7: Just me and you? Yeah. Oh, or dad,
9: if you want.
7: I don't know. When you and your dad go off, when we went away to Yellowstone, you and your father had a time on your own and went horseback riding, and you know, and then the time we went out to lunch together was just you and me, and you promised me you would never smoke. And what happened? <laughs> you turned around and started smoking. <laughs> what a highlight Very yep. highlight-y. <laughs> But it was nice to It was see. great in that moment, I'm sure <laughs> Yeah, have a nice, you know, just me me and you out Do you remember moment.
8: where you guys went for lunch?
7: Yeah, Red Robin Aww. in Bellevue
8: Was this before he tried to buy the cigarettes or after?
7: Oh, that was way before he was in junior high He mm-hmm. probably meant it that he would never smoke at Yeah, that yeah time. right, he did And then all of a sudden gets into high school And that just kills everything
1: never send kids to
7: high school and then uh, when he went to his first dance I felt bad for him because he went to ninth grade dance and then when he got there I guess he was supposed to meet a girl and she didn't show up your father had to go and get you really? yeah that was when we lived in Heritage Hills hmm I'm Did so glad you've blacked that out of your memory. Sean. I know,
8: and and Liz, I'm so glad you've now brought it back up for him. <laughs> a traumatic.
7: Well, he doesn't even remember, so it doesn't. I know, but now he does. <laughs> oh well. No.
8: But no. Liz, you got Liz, you got to admit, Sean's got a heart of gold. Yeah, he does. This is TBTL. We'll be back in a moment with much more. Welcome back to TBTL. This hour, we're doing why it mattered. Why do they matter, moms? Oh, only because they brought us into this world. We just got done hearing an interview with uh, Sean's mom, Liz DeTory. Now it's time for an interview with uh, my very own special, special lady, Susan Burbank. Uh, Here are the same six questions that we gave to all three moms. Here's my mom.
2: Hi, I'm Susie Burbank, and I live in Silverdale, Washington.
8: So, Mom, uh, were you terrified the day you found out that you were pregnant with me?
2: Absolutely terrified. Yes. Because I was, as you know, a single mom. To be.
8: What went through your mind in Philadelphia, PA, in 1975, when that little test said blue or red or whatever it said?
2: Um, I thought, I don't know if I love this guy enough to marry him. I don't know what else I'm going to do. I want to have this baby. Maybe I can put the baby up for adoption. But I don't want to have an abortion. I know that much. But I am so not ready to be a mom.
8: So, um so we got off to a good start, you would say, you and I. <laughs> in that I completely and totally ruined your life.
2: Um, you complete my life. Oh.
8: Well now maybe, but at the time. How old were you, Mom? You were like twenty one or twenty two?
2: I was twenty one at the time, yeah.
8: Well, you were drinking age, so I mean yeah. You waited till that far.
2: <laughs> yeah. Of course they didn't have any taboos about drinking while you're pregnant, mind you.
8: Did you drink when you were pregnant with me?
2: I smoked a lot of marijuana, let's put it that way
8: and did
1: so much is coming together right did now.
8: you ever think mama uh, that it was that was maybe not a great idea even though there were no like medical rules against it did you think maybe less grass while i'm pregnant is a good idea
2: um yeah because i wasn't partying as much i had a lot more on my mind
8: oh so you 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 backed it off a little bit
2: i backed it off because the thing about i wasn't drinking but that got, that was always linked with the partying the marijuana you could do on your own and just kind of, you know, sort of simmer about it and think about your life.
8: Right, but very- you were taking the pregnancy seriously. You had at least just oh downgraded gosh, to yeah. just weed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, amazingly, I was born. I didn't have four eyes that I knew of. You are um, the cutest boy ever born. Well, Mom, that is very sweet of you to say. But what would you say, uh, was I an easy baby when I was little?
2: No, you were difficult. You know that.
8: No, no. I mean, when I was a baby, baby. I know I was baby a diff- difficult well, grown-up, but
2: it was not easy because it was all new to me.
8: But I mean, in terms of just like the kind of baby I was, did I cry a lot? Um, did I?
2: No, I just nursed you all the time.
8: <laughs> so <laughs> so e- even then, I was kind of a boobs man.
2: <laughs> yes, and that always made you happy. So anytime you cried, I just nursed you, and that seemed to. Do the trick.
8: Well, Mom, based on my behavior then when I got a little bit older and I was, um, you know, uh, a, a toddler and then a, uh, a, like a, you know, teenage kid, what did you think I was going to go into for my line of work based on the kind of kid that I was, The kind, based on sort of how I was?
2: Well, the way you had such a way of arguing your position, I thought you were going to go into law. Because I knew you had the brains for it. Are you I lo- knew you had a way of convincing Anybody that you were right. What so,
8: what, what was the biggest thing I ever talked one, you into? What was the biggest thing I ever talked you into? Just hundreds of trips to pizza and pipes.
2: Probably that was part of it. Um, I just you basically to just kind of shut you up. You talked to me into just about everything that you wanted. Because <laughs> it's like, what do I do? I'll just give in because he's not going to give up. So I well, guess that's because I you
1: always breastfed him when he cried.
8: Yeah, <laughs> I got my way <laughs> so too he was much. So used to. That's right.
2: The demand being met, you know. Yeah,
8: <laughs> mom. All those times when I was saying, "Let's go to pizza and pipes," I just wanted you to breastfeed me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy breastfeeding your siblings. You know yeah,
8: I mean? <laughs> yeah. I do know. <laughs> this is TBTL. We'll be back in a moment with much more. Yeah. Welcome back to TBTL. Mother's Day is this Sunday. Uh, And so we thought we would dedicate this hour of TBTL, which we like to call Why It Matters. We decided to do Why It Matters Moms. Uh, Here are the same six questions that we gave to all three moms. Here's my mom. Um, Mom, what do you think was the hardest part about raising me?
2: Um, I think your strong will... That just continued. It wasn't just through like the, quote, terrible twos, but your strong will and your convincing nature that the reason you did this was because you always had your alibi. That was the hardest thing. It's because, wait a minute, I'm the parent here. You're the kid.
8: Yeah, I'm the one who gets to smoke grass. (laughs) Not you.
2: No 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 no. I'm talking about even in your teenage years. Right. You know, you always had an alibi for everything you did, which on the one hand I thought was good because you weren't just like the typical teen that, "How you doing? Oi. How was your day?" Oi. You
8: you mean weren't I You were a grunter. I wasn't like I wasn't like expressor. I wasn't like my little brother Sam.
2: Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I always knew what was going on in your head for the most part.
8: Well, mom, what, you were an easy read. What would you describe well, mom, what would you describe then as uh, your the highlight of our parent child relationship? You think?
2: I think before I married your dad, and I was, you know, just traveling around with you. You were just my buddy. You were my luukels maguukels, you know. And you went everywhere I went, and my relationship with you was so tight.
8: Did mom, you say that name. Do you s- mom, do you want to sing the Lucas maguukels song uh, for everyone who hasn't heard it?
2: Okay, it's a pretty dumb song. You have to admit.
8: Well, it was when I was like one, and you were changing my diaper or something, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I would go, "Lugals, Magugals for sale. How much does he cost? I'll buy him." And da 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 da. That
8: is great. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Did you make that up, Mom?
2: Absolutely. When you were it was high. One of those, those crazy, <laughs> it was one of those crazy mom things, and I did it with all your siblings too. You get a little bit nutty. Yeah,
8: you did. You'd You'd you do
2: the same thing hour in and hour out.
8: Anytime one of my sisters uh, would have a towel on, having just got out of the bathtub, and it was wrapped around them, kind of almost like a um, like a burqa or something that a Muslim woman would wear, Mom, what would you always say?
2: She'd have been her sister. She'd have been her sister. <laughs> like because when they when had you leprosy. She yes. <laughs> and she had it wrapped around her head, and she was just this little bit of a head, you know. <laughs> um,
8: all right, Mom. I you know
2: it's funny because Maddie – I had my granddaughter this weekend, or this past week, and when I get her out of the bath and I wrap the towel around her, your dad said, oh, look, you'd have been her sister.
8: <laughs> Mom, are you kind of sad that all your seven kids are all grown up now and that they, they oh, don't need caring for Oh, I tell you, I got for? a
2: taste of it last week with having my granddaughter, you know, with having Maddie, and I loved it, but I was way more tired than I used to be.
8: Is it too you know? late for you and dad to have another one?
2: Technically, no.
8: <laughs> How do you mean technically?
2: Well, as far as I'm concerned, but you know, your dad had to do some quick changes here.
8: Oh, yeah, he got fixed.
2: You oh, got it. okay. Well, then it actually isn't technically possible, I don't think. Um, it's technically possible because he could reverse it. But oh. you know what? I, I would not want to be seventy when my kid graduates from high school. If you know what I mean? Uh huh. Is this something um, the I'm mom- already going to be sixty? So, so your heart's not in it anymore. <laughs> uh no, that would be more like seventy-four. <laughs> because i'm 54 now so you know it would be close to 72 maybe and no 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 no.
8: but mom the way you talk about it it almost sounds like something that up until recently you had kind of considered
2: oh absolutely because i my favorite thing in the world is to be a mommy of a little one you know and it kind of breaks my heart that i will never be a new mommy again you know i mean i'll never have a new baby again but you know it's part of life
1: yeah when you got grandbabies galore coming
2: I do, but I can't nurse them. You
1: know what I'm saying? Well, I try to. And uh, Mom, you know, hey, there's yeah. a real, real love of the <laughs> well, nursing in, in this, this family. <laughs> Maddie was
8: a baby. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. There was three people talking at once there. Uh, Back up. You try, hold I, 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 I tried. Hold on. What did you say? Too, had,
2: well, the baby was crying when Maddie was, you know, very, very young, and Hannah was visiting. And
8: hold I on, kept, Mom. Ba- hold on. Still, I don't feel like we're setting this up correctly. Mom, wait. Your granddaughter, Maddie, was crying and... And you did what to try to calm her down?
2: I was really plain. I tried to pretend like I was going to nurse her to comfort her.
8: How far into the pretending did you get?
2: Well, you know, she tried to suck. There's nothing there, of course. She latched. Did she latch on? <laughs> she did. And
8: Wait, Mom, you had your shirt off and you were actually... Nur- off, like-
2: just up. It's easy. It's not, not like off. You take the whole thing off. I was Ma- just kinda of playing, but my youngest son, David, saw it and he went ballistic.
8: Yeah, because that's like borderline incest. That's like incest mixed <laughs> oh, no, with old no, no, country no. buffet. Uh, no,
2: it isn't. It was just it's natural. seeing if it would comfort her. <laughs> but David just said, Do you have to mention my name and all that?
8: Mom, did you ever try to nurse Addie? My daughter?
2: <laughs> I actually didn't because I was nursing Sam. So uh. it was okay.
8: Thanks she was
2: tired. He needed nursing. I could have very easily, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but um, no, Addie didn't come into the picture till so much later. She was 17 months already and no longer nursing. Mm-hmm. So it would have been, um, you know, it, she would have been foreign to what's this, what's happening here. So
7: yeah, plus well, not
2: my mama. So this was when Maddie was very young. I'm talking three months old or something. You know.
8: Well, there are times when Maddie's crying inconsolably. And I saw—I used to see something in her eyes, and I didn't know what it was, but now I understand. <laughs> it's the trauma of having
2: Look, your dad is doing nursed. Cut it, cut it. <laughs>
8: <laughs> All right, Mom. Well, then let's go to the last question. All right. All right, Mom. Here's the last question. Uh, what advice would you give to me about any future children I may have or just in my raising of Addie for the next few years? What advice, in your experience as a parent, would you try to pass on to me as a parent?
2: Well, I'm a firm believer that you cannot spoil a child with too much love. You can definitely spoil them with too much stuff. Too much And with too milk. much making up for...
8: Too much your, nudity.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Too much, like, you know, making up for not being available. But you could never spoil someone with too much love. It's impossible. So that's what I gave you guys. Not too much. I hopefully just enough.
8: Well, Mom, you know, it's interesting because... Um, uh, when Hannah was in town the other uh, week, her and I were talking about how you know there's seven kids in our family, and none of them are crazy, <laughs> or, or or weird, or uh, angry. It, like we have seven very well uh, balanced and pretty happy people that have come out of the Burbank family. So you guys did something right. I mean, I think oh. it happened mostly on accident, but uh, I'm not going to argue with the results.
2: <laughs> well, you guys were always loved individually. You know what I mean? No one was left kind of wondering if they're loved that's for sure
8: right except oh. Rachel oh. we don't really love her very much
2: <laughs> I love her desperately but mom let me ask you what she does mom I... let
8: me just but let me I know we're supposed to we have to go actually but mom I, we're only supposed to have six questions but the seventh is you love me I'm the oldest I'm your firstborn you love me a little more than the other ones right
2: <laughs> you want to get that one in don't you
8: I just I, I just want to know
2: yes you'll always be the one I love the most okay
1: Wow, you still can get her to do what you want. That's pretty impressive. Mom, can,
8: can we go to Pizza and Pipes later except now it's a blockbuster video. Well, Mom, happy Mother's Day, and Thank I love you, you so have much.
2: Fun in, have fun in uh Sin City, you know what I'm saying?
8: Oh, I always do. I always now. do. I'm drinking for both of us, Mom.
2: <laughs> okay, I guess you can do that.
8: All right, I love you.
2: Love you too. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Jen. Bye-bye. Bye.
8: We'll be back with more TBTL in just a moment. This is Too Beautiful to Live on News Talk 710, Cairo. Welcome back to TBTL. Why they matter, moms. We're talking to our own mothers this hour. Uh, We wrote up the six-question little template, and we've been posing them to uh, Sean's mom and my mom. And now it's time to hear from, uh, really, the toast of... The North Seattle slash Lake City region. They know her as a Shadouby, as Big Steph. Here's Jen's mom, Stephanie Slezak.
2: My name is Stephanie Slezak. I'm Jennifer's mother, and I live in North Seattle, in a beautiful park-like setting.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So uh, my first question for you. Well, first of all, mom, I was going to ask you. Does it feel like stunning that you have a 36-year-old child?
2: It doesn't seem as stunning to me as it seems to everyone else that I tell.
1: Because you're so young?
2: I don't know. I, I don't look young, but I think that people don't think of me mm-hmm. that way.
8: When you're in a jacuzzi with the other Shadoobis and you guys aren't wearing clothes, <laughs> it just seems like odd that you have a 36-year-old daughter. <laughs> okay. not, that, not at those moments.
2: No,
1: no. Okay, so my first question is, were you terrified when you found out you were pregnant with me?
2: The opposite. I was so thrilled.
1: So everything went good with the pregnancy? It wasn't scary?
2: No. It was fabulous.
1: And would you say that I was an easy baby?
2: Yes. Very easy. You were so much fun from the moment you were born and only ever gotten more of a joy to me every day since then.
8: Oh, So now- did she, did, when she w- would... Make a mess in her diapers? Did it just smell like chocolate chip cookies?
2: <laughs> it was just nothing. No big deal. It was part of life.
8: But I mean, did she? She was. She didn't cry too much. She didn't keep you oh, up.
2: She started sleeping through the night when she was seven days old. And I went running in her to her bedroom, with I look in her crib and shook her. I thought she was dead. <laughs>
8: <laughs> did she have a, a little tiny, cute, adorable bottle of red wine in the crib with her?
2: <laughs> Actually. When I decided to get pregnant, I became a teetotaler of all things and didn't take one drop of alcohol or any kind of anything until my second daughter went to school. So maybe so that's,
1: no. maybe that's why I'm such a, a booze hound is cause well, I'm I didn't... deprived in the womb. <laughs>
8: <laughs> there you go. Steph, I didn't, I didn't think you'd placed it there. I just, and Jen has such an affinity for it now as an adult. I thought maybe she had managed to get her hands on some kind of, you know, just a small box of Franzia or something. Yeah,
2: I think that is hereditary because I certainly do like to have a nice glass of wine too.
1: <laughs> so, uh, based on the way that I was as a child, what, what ideas did you have in your mind about what you thought I might grow up to be?
2: Well, at first I was afraid about it because when you were two, you were so obsessed with all things of uh, cultural and television and music and TV that I had to put the television in the garage for two years.
6: I remember. I was, afraid I was that devastated. You would
2: You wanted to watch TV all the time. And I didn't know that you were going to actually use your learning and understanding of pop culture and turn it into a career. If I would have known, I might have been more gracious about it all.
8: And that there, would have been great. There is definitely a point sometimes on the show where Jen won't know something, and I'll think it was probably those two years.
2: <laughs> From and two to four, right? Really
8: brings yeah. the show down.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. It's amazing. She always anything she watched on TV or in a movie, she would memorize it and then be able to either write music and create a play out of it or something like that. So I should have gotten the hint early on.
1: So is that what you thought I would? You thought I would be involved in something with the arts? Or did you have other I ideas? I did when
2: you were a little small child and then when you became an adult. I thought maybe I, I you were, you know, you taught everybody in the kids in the neighborhood how to read and write and do arithmetic. So I thought you should certainly be a teacher. But when you were I think around a senior in high school, you informed me that you wouldn't be able to live uh to the manner which I had trained you to live on a teacher's salary and therefore would have to do something else.
1: I was very pragmatic that way. Yes. <laughs> and, and what do you think, looking back, what do you think, from for who I am and my personality, what was the hardest part of raising Jen?
2: Oh, boy. It's really a hard question
1: because... Because of the arguing?
2: No, because in skill. so many ways, you were such a big part of making our family work that, you were such a participant in raising all the rest of us you were so wise beyond your years and also willing to step up to whatever needed to be done that anything that ever you ever did that annoyed me was so minor compared to your contribution in our family that I don't even remember it
1: oh mom that's precious it's really true because I always think of me as being such a um, arguer. You know, I always was trying to win the point at all well, costs
2: because you always are sure you're right. <laughs> we all know that.
8: It's... Um, See, my
1: granny tendencies came out early.
8: Have you ever been in a casino with your daughter, Steph, when when uh, everyone at the blackjack table was victorious? <laughs>
2: Many times, and don't even ask about the craps table when she won a thousand dollars on our way to the airport.
8: <laughs> but have you heard her? Have you heard her um, triumphant war cry?
2: Oh yeah! Oh
8: boy! Well, it got Many us times. some. It got us so. some ugly looks at Goldie's Casino <laughs> See, in Shoreline. See, that's
2: the
1: problem. The local casinos here don't appreciate my exuberance as much as they Jim, do. Jim, well, just Vegas. for the
8: people that haven't been out with us, will you give us a, a sure. sample?
1: Everyone's a winner. Yes, the one Okay, mom. So this is my final question for you. After raising me, what advice would you give to me about raising kids?
2: Oh, I think the most important thing about being a parent that I tried to do as much as I could is never criticize children for anything that isn't really important.
1: Even when they cut off all their hair when they're 18?
5: Yeah. Uh-huh.
8: Did you do that, Jennifer?
1: Yes. <laughs> and my mom called me and was quoting like Old Testament Bible verses about my hair being my glory. <laughs> yeah.
8: That's your crown. Just
2: because I loved it. you know, I was, I was a little off the wall that, about that. I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you.
8: <laughs> you were Brittany before. I was Brittany Britney before Brittany. Britney. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
1: really did too. It was like down to my butt and I cut it all up to above my ears. Wow. Yeah, it was
8: traumatic. Did it get the reaction you were going for?
1: Well, my mom freaked out, so that was good.
8: <laughs> so happy. That's what every Mother's teenager Day. wants.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, mom. Well thank you so much for coming on. Now I
2: love your hair any way it is. It's always beautiful and you are always beautiful and I love you more than anything in the world.
8: I love you too. Steph, thank you. Very can you much. be my new mommy? <laughs> When
1: you
2: need me, I'm here. Okay. And you come by any time. Okay. Okay.
8: All right. H- Happy Mother's Day.
2: Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.
8: This is TBTL. We'll be back in a moment with much more. Oh, hearts warm. Um, you know, it's so interesting about the about those interviews is that you know you have a, a real kind of spectrum in terms of like each mom's approach. And yet I think that they all turned out kids that are pretty with it, pretty smart, pretty well balanced. So I guess it kind of takes all kinds. And moms, we love you so much. And um, we wish you all a big happy Mother's Day this Sunday.
0: So I think in general, all three moms think that their kids were great kids, uh, but in different ways. Uh, and it's not a surprise to me at all that Luke was a handful. <laughs> well, wait, before
5: before we get to the actual dynamic between them and their moms, I have something to get off my chest about the Redmond police.
6: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and their cigarette and, sting? Uh,
5: come on. Your uh, kid is 17 years old. <laughs> yeah. He, he goes to buy cigarettes. He shouldn't be doing it. Right. And the, the person carded him, which they should do, mm-hmm. and refused to sell him the cigarettes, which is fine. But... Why you got to call the cops? What kind of an asshole hangs <laughs> on to someone's ID and calls the
0: cops on a
5: seventeen-year-old kid? This isn't a nine-year-old kid, you know. Right. This isn't. This isn't a little boy. Like, well, we need to make sure to get his parents involved. I want to go back in time and kick the ass of that clerk and tell the cops <laughs> to just beat it. He had to go to a freaking cigarette class,
6: <laughs> cigarette class, and it, that his dad had to pay for. I know what a what a racket. <laughs> he was it's still all a racket about that it it might have not been the clerk's racket to perpetrate, you know what I mean like they the clerk could have been you know they might have had their their uh cigarette selling license um uh, in right they might have
5: th- if it's a sting and yeah. and then you just tell the guy to go away mm-hmm. instead of calling the cops, then you lose your license or whatever okay yeah, all right.
0: it could have been a sting, yeah. When I was in high school, uh, my high school sweetheart worked at Hagedorn's, a local grocery store in Webster, Mm. and they tried to run a sting through her cashier line, but it was like a kid we all went to school with. Uh. So we were all 15 or 16. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, what are you doing, you idiot? And so she called over the manager, and then they made her employee of the month.
6: Oh, sweet. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So
5: um, Sean's mom starts telling the story. About how Sean got a bad report card and he 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 left and they yes. chased him and yes. you don't find out until a minute into the story that they were in their cars.
6: Yeah, right. <laughs> they got in a
5: car chase yes. over a bad report card. <laughs> I've never heard of that.
6: Yeah,
0: yeah. That to was, be fair, that was great. <laughs> I, I totally just destroyed mail that i didn't want my mom to see when i was growing up so i got that part but you don't leave that makes it suspicious (laughs) exactly (laughs) you're super
5: super fishy when you go grab the mail and then jump in your car and take (laughs) off
6: yeah yeah i love that and and my favorite part too of their interview is her accent
5: oh yeah i love yeah they're from new jersey right yep i think Mm -hmm. yeah
6: yeah and and um when I first heard Sean's voice I thought he was from Jersey and mm-hmm. and then when his mom came on I was like oh yeah there it is
5: <laughs> Yeah cuz you live close enough back there you probably dealt with a lot of Jersey people you probably know it Yep and uh-huh. their
6: moms always have the stronger <clears throat> accent and it's great. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I was, lived that was with really
5: a cool. guy uh, from New Jersey when I was working in D.C. And my name wasn't Mike. It was Mike.
6: <laughs> Mike. Mike. Hey, Ma, I want to bring Mike over for dinner. <laughs> hey,
5: yeah, Mike. This place is beat. Let's go to Rumors.
6: There you go.
0: <laughs> I think yeah. I suspected, by the way, that he was running away in a car because he was far <laughs> too tired to run away on foot. <laughs>
6: yeah yeah that was that was great it made me wish i had known sean although i've got to be a good like 15 years older than sean but it made me wish i had known him mm-hmm. when he was a kid because it would have been pretty funny when
5: he was getting into his
6: myths yeah you know you got into some myths <laughs> yeah <laughs>
5: okay the the Bur- luke burbank okay what i enjoyed most about it is she she pretty much called him out for being like um I don't want to say all the way entitled as a kid, but he, he definitely <laughs> wanted to get whatever he wanted and wanted to get it now and didn't care, really, whether it was the right thing for the for the, the family financially or, or otherwise. You know, he wanted his pizza and pipes.
6: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he wanted to go back to, to Bagley Elementary. <laughs> He didn't want to yeah. be homeschooled anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she thought he was going to be a lawyer because of how much he argued. I thought that was great.
5: Oh yeah, I a think that, that would be. <laughs> I think that was probably a good call on her part, but I think he, you know, I mean, he's he's found his his spot.
6: I'm glad he's not a lawyer. That would be ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the relationship that I have with my mom or have with my mom when I was young, which is that I was smart and independent pretty young and so when Susie was saying, you know, I had to remember that you're the kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. When he would be making his persuade his arguments and always have a backup and an alibi for everything he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. She yeah. would have to remember that once in a while she just had to put her foot down as a parent. Yeah.
6: And be like, hey, right. wait a second. And
5: when you got yeah. like – four or five of them running around younger Oy. you know right then then you're just you're worn down i mean mm-hmm. you got to be worn down you got to be susceptible to all of luke's bs
6: <laughs> yeah it's too much
5: <laughs> right you're like okay god
6: yeah Get yeah what you want it's about situation management at that point <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
5: he seems pretty appalled by the breastfeeding
0: yeah <laughs> uh story
6: Bro. <laughs> as
5: does uh, David in the background, who you can hear yelling.
6: Yes. Yeah, and, and
5: also uh, Walter, Walter yelling yeah. at her to cut it as yeah. well.
6: But you know, I'm so whenever that comes up, I'm so glad she breastfed the kids. Not that it's my place to be glad or not glad or whatever. But that was actually super cutting edge at that time. There's a lot of support for breastfeeding now, even legally, but at that time it was it was not as in favor as it is now. And just as a mm-hmm. culture in America, well, if you we think almost it takes completely, guts we lost to breastfeed. It. <laughs> yeah. It I mean, it's it's um, you know, and even even Luke admired it he, trying to breastfeed his little doll and and um, That's right. you know, like I just I think it's cool that she did that. Um, and, and it speaks to a larger quality of her, like, really not giving an F what other people think, you know, and doing mm-hmm. what she knows is right for her kids. I, I respect thought-
0: that. It was pretty progressive that not just for her kids,
6: right, but, <laughs> but trying to breastfeed kids.
0: other people's kids.
6: <laughs> That's pretty unusual. But you know, I gotta say, like that has happened in in nature and and humanity before. You know, so it's um it's countercultural <laughs> in in America to do that for sure. But um, you know, it was it was her it was her maternal way.
5: If the grandbaby is already mad. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Then, aren't they just going to be madder when right. when they get a breast with nothing in it?
6: I know. <laughs> just speculating. I would think so.
0: Foiled again.
6: Right, right. But I mean, if she, you know, she was she was nursing Sammy, right? So you know, if she was still nursing Sammy, there's stuff in there. Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah.
0: I yeah. I want to just take it aside to say that when you're done listening to this podcast twice. <laughs> Go back and listen. It's a few episodes back. I'd have to find it, but there's a great episode of I think Reply All about the economy of breast milk. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, yeah, it's highly sought after. Hmm. Yeah, between between moms who can't produce or can't produce enough and weird fetishists. Oh dear.
6: Hmm. (laughs) dear. I I
5: didn't know about this. I guess I'm still living in the mustache ride economy, right? (laughs) I haven't made it
6: to the.
0: Well, We all (laughs) all know you're stuck in the past, Mike. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I I want to make it clear, as laudatory as I am of breastfeeding, however you feed your baby is fine.
0: (laughs) Formula is fine. Right. Before we move on to uh, Stephanie and Jen, I just want to call back to the beginning of the conversation with Susie, where she was saying how much pot she smoked while Luke was pregnant. Oh, right. (laughs) She was pregnant with Luke. And Jen just goes... So much is coming together.
6: <laughs> yes. 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 And then and then um Susie uh clarified that she actually chilled like on on the uh on the partying or what whatever you would call it on the on the substances or whatnot. Sure. Um so that, you know, maybe she was continuing to uh smoke pot, but there were other things that she wasn't doing. So that's you know that's yeah, good.
5: Yeah, I I think right. she's um AA actually.
6: Yes. Um yeah that's um, definitely come
5: up yeah Phyllis, uh, Bobby chime in if you know um is there any link between um pot smoking and any kind of uh poor effects on babies? I just didn't come to mind for me, but <laughs> besides besides being a bad mother <laughs> oh. like physically is there, you know, is there I, some link
6: I certainly haven't heard of anything specific like that but i don't know that it's been studied enough to know right now that marijuana is legal in more places recreationally maybe they'll study it more but i mean in general they just tell you to you know like any drugs that you're doing recreational or otherwise to talk talk to the doctor about it and i'm sure every doctor is pretty much going to say don't do it
5: Knock that you know. shit off is what they're going to tell you. <laughs>
6: they're right.
5: going to tell you because you're going to fall down the stairs or something because you're high, right? Then, you know. Right?
0: Or yeah. take your kid to a fish concert? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: You'll do something really just, awful. It's just
0: going to be disastrous for everyone.
6: <laughs> but sure. you know, I mean, it's 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 possible that there are certain situations where if somebody, you know, I mean, I I basically I haven't heard anything specific about it, but I would imagine it would be a um, weighing of of factors. You know, like there are people who can get very very. Um, you know, a lot of have suffer from a lot of anxiety if they're not regulating mm-hmm. it in some way. So, right? So, yeah, I would imagine that would be a talk to your doctor situation.
5: Yeah, and and nobody has a doctor who says, "Oh yeah, smoke up." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> doctor John, <What? laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any?
5: Let's let's get high right now.
0: Uh, <laughs> so that's Lucal's McKukel's. Aw. Mm. cute. But uh, on to Stephanie. Yeah. Jen's mom mm-hmm. who couldn't quite bite on the joke of Jen having a bottle of wine or a box of Franzia <laughs> in the crib yeah that was so cute well she
5: she um, enjoys her wine quite a bit I've met um, this is the one of the three ladies that I have met and she's a delight aw. she does enjoy her wine and um, the thing that, that struck me is very similar with Luke and Jen is they both love to argue
6: Mm -hmm. Uh,
5: and, and that that leads to some of the best moments on the show when they're arguing about you know different different you know pop culture stuff like that so definitely like uh I think it's Wordsworth that said the child is the father of the man I mean I think in in Luke's case that's the case and and also Jen I mean she is not changed from that remember those tapes yes of her bossing everyone around in fact she was a parent at like eight
6: yeah absolutely yeah i the point where i'm listening in may 2008 now those tapes have just been introduced and it's so funny yeah it's great because she and i believe that you guys i think the first time i heard those Mm -hmm. was on lrb amen to that exactly amen to that (laughs) (laughs) i am not lying sister (laughs) that was so great i love that and it's it's um it's neat because i i didn't hear anything where they were trying to quash that in her as a child and i think that's good Mm -hmm. you know it's it it's um because i think a lot of times people do try to quash it especially in girls and mm-hmm. they didn't. Right. And I think that's great. Right. I mean, from she's, what I heard.
5: She was a leader. She's always a leader. Absolutely. Um, and then and the caretaking aspect of it. Of course, yeah. you know, she is a caretaker for her family. She's a caretaker of this community. And she's like even a caretaker at the blackjack table, which I can tell you as a veteran <laughs> blackjack player, it's not appreciated. You can <laughs> yeah. take your caretaking and, and get away from that's my great. table, please. Right. So we're We're playing yeah. cards here, ma'am
0: yeah (laughs) yeah nothing about this surprised me at all no
6: (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was great i i mean and i think i mean it's what i love about the the fact that they put that together and had their moms on the air and um i know i've referenced the howard stern show a couple of times but that's my other favorite show and um it's parents are the great equalizer in so many ways. I mean, you remember it from just different things at school where your parents are there. And as you become a teenager and then an adult, like when you're around your parents, something changes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to have all the parents in the same room, it just, it just makes it funny. So I love that they did yeah,
5: that. And th- that that's a, a good transition here. I mean, cause I want to talk about our moms a little bit and I, I would never because for one thing, it would take a lot of work to get our moms on the air <laughs> uh-huh. for another thing well, my mom's been dead for ten years, so oh. that that's a problem so mm-hmm. a lot of work right a, lot of, a yeah. lot of work uh Phyllis's mom is a no bullshit lady, and mm-hmm. since I'm all bullshit, she probably <laughs> would not want to talk to me and then Bobby doesn't want his mom on the air with us because he thinks i'll hit on her because we're about the same age. <laughs> and I probably would. <laughs> so so I guess we'll answer for our moms um some of these questions like um <clears throat> how we think they would or would have answered. Bobby, you wrote down the questions. Let's you want to try a couple of these?
0: Yeah, I think we can lightning round through these. Uh, okay. Question 1, were you terrified when you found out you were pregnant with me?
6: You know, I for the longest time I would have presumed the answer was yes, but I found out when I produced that documentary about my dad, that I was planned and I had no idea until I was 30 years old that I was, I was your a planned pregnancy.
5: Your, your mom planned to have a baby with sweet Phil. My he dad was said, half
6: slick. <laughs> he was halfway slick and he told her he wanted to have a baby with her. Oh
5: my God. Well, yep. I don't doubt his honesty, but, I, but finishing that sentence, <laughs> I want to have a baby with you. But then I'm going to leave, like I do I every other person I have a baby with. I know, with. and I should not, have finished that sentence. I'm not sure
6: <laughs> how much of that she knew. I, I, I don't remember how much of that mm-hmm. she already knew. So,
5: mm-hmm. so,
6: um, but no, she was happy. Well, that's good. Yeah.
5: Um, for myself, I would say my mom probably was filled with a sense of dread <laughs> when she was pregnant with me. Oh, because uh, my my parents were high school sweethearts. They had my sister when they were 18. So I think. He impregnated my mom when they were seventeen. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they had my brother five years later, and then uh, I share I share something with Luke Burbank. We were both conceived in Philadelphia. All right. And uh <laughs> I was born in Seattle, but I w- it was um you know, ten years after my sister had been born, um uh, from as for as long as I remember, my parents hated each other, so I can't imagine they were really like Super into each other, and then just turned when I was like three or four years old into hating each other. Uh-huh. I think it was a long-standing thing, and I, I think it was an accident. Um, but I, I'm glad I never talked about it with my mom. Yeah, <laughs> so we Aww. had a great relationship, and and I don't think she was sorry she had me. But I, I don't think I was planned at all.
0: Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is the cheese running through your veins could actually be cheese whiz.
5: <laughs> yes, it could be. You yeah. know, and and. There's probably some some grilled onions in there, I
0: hope so anyway, I hope so <laughs> uh I imagine that my mother was terrified uh and I say that because the circumstances of my uh well my origin are are a little fraught um my mother was uh seeing someone who was separated from his wife. Mm. at the time but i don't believe they were actually divorced and he was also significantly older than my mother oh uh and they did not stay together even to when i was born they broke up before i was born so the way my mother tells it they broke up before she knew she was pregnant oh and there are some circumstances involved where she wasn't she was under the impression she could not get pregnant oh uh, not from planning but through medical issues, yeah, and so she probably wasn't being as safe as she would right. have been if she thought she could get pregnant. And she was about oh.
5: nineteen, right? Nineteen or twenty?
0: Uh, twenty-two when I was twenty-two. Born. Okay. Wow. So there are some pretty heavy years before that, where she left and came back, and I—I uh, I was probably quite the surprise. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, it worked out well. Uh, But uh, only child, single mother. So that's why the um, treating me like an adult and remembering that I'm a kid comes in more because the two of us were kind of we took care of each other. Yeah. Allies and buddies and roommates and mm-hmm. adversaries through the years. Right, right. Um, Mike, were you an easy baby to deal with?
5: I was very easy baby to deal with. I was a chubby little fella. And I was quiet, and all I liked to do was just read and play by myself and, and, like, throw a rubber baseball against the chimney and catch catch it grounding back or flying back to me.
6: Aw. <laughs> I think for the most part I probably was, although every now and then I would do something that, su- that would surprise my mom. Um, but I think the baseline level was, was easy.
0: Excellent. Uh, I... I was um always pushing my limits even as a baby mm-hmm. so I'm sure I was pretty annoying. I'm I'm sure I was always <laughs> trying to break out of whatever was trying to contain me or mm-hmm. taking something apart or getting my hands on something or my mouth on something or mm-hmm. you know. It's amazing I didn't hurt myself more as a kid Aww. or even as a baby. Um 3 was uh, based on child be- behavior what did you think you'd become? And I'll say uh, I wanted to be a writer from a very young age. And I think I didn't change so much as that evolved. I mean, I ended up studying journalism and working in music. And now the work I do has a lot of writing in it. So I think I was always trying to break things down and understand them. And and that that really hasn't changed. So I think I probably – she would have just said I wanted to be a writer or journalist or something to that effect or – you know. future podcaster. Once people knew what a podcast was. Sure. Uh, Phyllis.
6: Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the main thing my mom has always pointed out to about me, my mom is extremely laudatory of me, which I appreciate. Um, But one of the things she has always pointed out um, and you know, she's the kind of person who says, Oh, you'd be good at anything, blah, blah, blah. But she's always pointed out that I've always had a lot of friends and so I think that she would have expected that I would do something that somehow involved, um, you know, working with a lot of people and somehow being well regarded. So I guess it kind of probably turned into something like that.
5: Well, uh, I don't think that my mom gave much thought to that as far as I'm as far as I was concerned. <laughs> I mean, she she knew that I love to read because I would always be sitting in the corner reading books i mean her books books that were just too old for me to be reading a lot of Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and she knew that i was a decent writer and i think she just thought i would eventually work that into some kind of a gig which i have not so sorry mom
6: (laughs) Oh, you were right
5: mom i am a pretty good writer but i haven't i haven't made it happen for any dollars zero dollars
0: um mike you're making this too easy so let me bounce right back at you with um what do you think the hardest part of raising you was? Uh, uh, well, I think it had to
5: do with the dynamic between me and my brother. My brother was five years older than me. And until I turned about 15 or 16 and got as big as he was, we were physically and mentally at war all the time. Mm. And I think that made things really hard on her. Um, uh, by myself i was never much trouble so all right mm-hmm. Phyllis?
6: i think my mother would say poverty <laughs> i think she would she would say the hardest thing about raising me was not really to do with me but the fact that we had no money
5: did she do you feel like she felt um she felt inadequate or she felt i think
6: like- she did I think she felt like it was her fault all the time, and mm-hmm. and then for a while we were cruising along pretty good, and then she got laid off when I was in like seventh grade, which is a really crappy year for something like that to happen because by then the kids old enough to kind of care and be like, oh right. no, what are we gonna do, and be worried. Kids you are know. starting to
5: judge each other yeah. based on what they wear. Oh, and,
6: totally. And, yeah. yeah. So I think she probably felt felt like that was was pretty rough. um and probably why it was a huge relief when I got a job when I was fifteen. Uh,
5: I have a quick digression. I was talking about this with Emily the other day, and Phyllis, you might be the right age um, to talk about these these jeans from the early and mid '80s, where uh, they were fold-over jeans, like oh, they, they you the girls would wear them you pull them up and then you'd fold over the top, <laughs> the top and there yes. was no woman in the world whose ass looked good in those jeans. <laughs> no,
6: no. Let me you just say that. Balloon butt, saggy balloon butt. Yeah. Yeah. Those weren't really um, the the move up here. I totally, I know exactly what you're talking about. What was more uh, hip here was guest jeans. So uh, um, like. Yeah. Um, which
5: didn't look good either.
6: The the <laughs> Guest was hype because they were tight and they were, they had ankle zippers those oh, those were great <laughs> what <laughs>
5: yeah fold over jeans uh i just i couldn't believe because my girlfriend was great looking great yeah. body and then she would wear these jeans and i'd be like i i should have spoken up at the time yeah no so those were ridiculous
6: waist- those <laughs> those were the kinds of things girls you know how um i think jen has talked before about how girls really wear things for each other yeah you know like those were clearly not for the guys um, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, my mom would have, my mom, I mean, my mom put a pair of guest jeans on layaway for me. So that's oh. how down my oh. mom was. And they were, I have to I say they her. were marked down because they were white. I wore white clothes all through uh, middle school because they were always on sale. Mm-hmm. And um, but guest jeans was a big ticket item, and she put those on layaway, a whole guest outfit on layaway for me at um at J. Jacobs. But I think if they were those roll roll down waist jeans, she would have been like, "You're kidding, right?" Like that's J. Jacobs.
5: That <laughs> that brings me back. <laughs> yeah, I, totally. My mom took me to Lamonts for back yeah to school Lamonts
6: is good. I mean, and especially if you're a boy, you could get away with Lamonts. Yeah, uh,
0: some velour bullshit. Yeah, I'm just picturing Mike <laughs> giving fashion advice under his eight T-shirts. <laughs>
5: All right. all right. I used to wear my dad's beer league T-shirts to school. That's that's what I would wear. See, that so, would yeah, actually I'm be out in the style now.
0: Though. that would be that would be very hipster to have that kind of T-shirt that nobody else could find. Totally.
5: The beer tavern, the round-the-clock tavern, all the different. Beer.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's. I want that T-shirt now. I know. I want to go back. And do uh, that. Hardest part of raising me, actually, Phyllis. Poverty's a really good answer. We were also broke, and my mom worked two or three shitty part-time jobs pretty much all the time mm-hmm. in my early years because again she she was gone from about age sixteen to twenty one. So wow. uh she didn't really have a high school diploma or any job experience when I was mm. young. Wow. Uh and she bounced back from that. Um uh, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of tending bar and a lot of waitressing. Mm. And so I had a lot of respect for people who worked in the food service industry at a young age because she hustled and yeah. worked days and nights, you know? Wow. Um, but I, I had two other answers here. I, one was that I was a dude.
6: And so <laughs> yeah. she was a,
0: a single woman raising yeah. a son without mm-hmm. any of the practice of the things that guys need.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah. she never really was able to teach me how to shave. Mm-hmm. She sort of sent me to the men's room and, just let me, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds dumb saying it now, but like, you just don't have someone to run you through those early steps as a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the way that she would supplement that is, you know, I was in Boy Scouts. I was never a Cub Scout, but I joined Boy Scouts with a friend who dropped out a month later and I stayed in for like six years
6: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um,
0: she made sure that I always had positive male role models around, oh. <clears throat> which was, you know, she went out of her way. She was an assistant scoutmaster for years. Uh, oh. To just to make sure that I was involved with that stuff. And the other answer I had was just the hardest part of raising me was the year 2001 because I was a bastard at 15. Oh, dear. I mean, I think everyone is, but mm-hmm. even now, if we talk about my childhood, you can just ask her what was the hardest time of my growing up, and she will flat out say 15. I was trying to take over the world, but I didn't have a car yet. Mm. And, you know, it was just a brutal year for us, but we bounced back. I um, couldn't drive away from home like Sean Datorio. Right, exactly. I couldn't run a <laughs> drive with the mail. <laughs> uh, a, a highlight of the parent-child relationship. I'm actually going to stick with a similar answer, which is the the ways my mom strived to to create those experiences for me outside of her comfort zone. Things like being a Boy Scout Scoutmaster and um, being supportive of the things I wanted to do that put me in other responsible adults to, to sort of reinforce. Uh, those things for me she she tried whenever she could Mhm mhm uh, Phyllis mhm do you have a highlight of your relationship with your mother?
6: yeah, I mean i when I think when I was really little, I wanted to be just like my mom, and so I loved to read because my mom loved to read, and I think that was really exciting for her that i could i I was tiny, 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 but I could read. Um, you know, I could read the newspaper by the time I was five and I didn't understand any, everything in it or hardly anything in it, but I think that was really fun for her to see that happen and that it, it didn't feel forced at all. And now I know how unusual that is. Um, I, I think it felt normal to me at that time, but I think that's something that she and I both still think is really cool.
5: That's That's almost exactly what I was going to say about my mom. She was an English teacher Mm -hmm. and my older siblings, just not that interested in academics or, or reading. And I think she was pretty thrilled that she finally had someone that would just grab a book off the shelf and start reading. Yeah. Uh, And then, but one moment that encapsulates uh, my mom completely is when I drove home from San Diego where I was a fugitive and, you know, I went to her place to talk to her and my stepdad and have them take me into the police station to turn myself in. My mom was all about uh, she was going to get the best lawyer for me and going to, you know, beat this. Thing. And it was, Mom, I don't even think you understand what's happening here. I did it. Yeah. I did uh, all of it, Mom. Mm-hmm. I got to pay the price here. And she's, like, trying, still trying to, like, protect me. And oh. moms get, I mean, they get all out of touch with reality when, you know, they see something bad's going to happen to their kid. Yeah. In this case, going to, going to prison. Um, so, you know, that was a, a really sweet moment we had right before I turned myself in. Mm.
0: Asking what advice our mothers would have for us for raising children might be a little too meta. for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be one or two steps too far removed for me to have a good answer. <laughs> mm. If either of you have one, feel free to jump in.
5: Well, I, I don't really because I don't think my mom. You know, she wasn't the type type of person to give out a lot of advice. She she was really kind and sweet and not you know uh, pushy or busybody in any way. And I don't think I don't think I ever heard her, even with all the kids that went through her classes at school. I don't think I ever heard her complain about anyone's parenting. Mm-hmm. So. Right.
6: Mm. Yeah, my mom has given relatively little advice, which is, um, so interesting because I think that she feels like she did a great job as a parent, but she also kind of has me up on a pedestal. So thinks that I, (laughs) I, I could do everything just fine and things like that. But I, I think that if she were to let herself give me advice, it would be about, um, you know, just letting Gus be himself and be who Mm -hmm. he is and um and supporting that and so that's that's yeah. the kind well, of thing. well you're doing I'm that shooting. for sure. Gus I yeah, feel like Gus I am. He's a great kid. Yeah, he's cute. <laughs> he's fun. Yeah.
0: She would also tell you to not let anyone else's children fuck with him on the playground. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Cuz I think we've learned that she's pretty serious about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Don't slam my kid's face down on the <laughs> playground. I don't appreciate that. At all. No.
6: <laughs> no. <laughs>
5: yeah. All right. Um, I think we can skip housekeeping. Bobby's got to get going. Uh, do Buy some, stickers. Uh, keep archiving. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's housekeeping. Keep Archive, buy stickers. How to get involved website, littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, you can fill out the form, Facebook, go to the stents page or ours, personal twitters at Drew McFrizz, at kissy eyes, at RL Pape. You made a good spoof today, Bobby. I gotta say. <laughs> uh, at Dadstronaut, at Meredith underscore Mayhan, at Phil Fletch, P H Y L F L E T C H, at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail dot com. Also, there is a there is a survey which is on um, the Stents page and our page. You can take about the show and give us your feedback that the nice lady will beat us over the head with um, <laughs> voicemail 802-432-TBTL 802-432-8285 play a jingle here
6: little red bandwagon is the place to be call and talk to meredith or christie bobby jeremy and or mike they won't make you take a hike 802-432-TBTL 802-432-TBTL Four
5: three two eight two eight five. Alright, that's all I have. Thank you, Phyllis. Really appreciate it. We will see you in June and we'll talk about uh Emily
0: and me.
6: Alright, I can't wait.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, hey, uh, get us out of here. Boy, without Christy here.
6: Yeah, I, I know Christie's line.
0: Then you should right? do it. Yeah, okay. go ahead
6: then. Yeah. Until next time, this
0: is the next party.
5: Now Bobby, you say uh we love you, other.
0: We love you, Jen and moms. <laughs> Sorry, just a little Gary's berry,
5: <laughs> little drizzle. <clears throat> Nailed it.